social impact, just what are public-private partnerships, how are we keeping children safe? Children are being reduced to data points so outcomes can be tracked. Now there's a predatory model based on profit. When you are talking about money and children, the system gets gamed and you, the parent, lose your voice. Is it really informed consent? You decide. Here's your host, Lynn Davenport. We're here with Social Impact. I'm Lynn Davenport, your host, and this is my friend, Meg Backich. I've been trying to get her in the studio for quite a while now. She and I have been working on education advocacy, not just locally here in Dallas, but also across the state. And so, Meg, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Fun to be in. here. So she and I spend a lot of time, uh, we we look at bills and, and what's mm-hmm. coming through the legislature, but we also see what's happening in our local school districts. She and I both ran for a seat on the board of trustees for her district in Highland Park ISD, and I ran for Richardson ISD. We both lost those races, but we've st- we've kept, uh, kept, I guess, um, kept going. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, because what is happening in our schools has been a real shift away from academics to more non-cognitive and behavioral and non-academic skills. And so Meg is really well-versed in what what that means and why it's a problem and where did it come from. So tell us about that. Well, most recently, um, the legislature passed Senate Bill 123, as Mm -hmm. you know, and it mandated the teaching of government character traits and when I say government character traits, that's traits like justice, inclusivity, patriotism, how the government defines a multitude of character traits. And it's now in the Texas TEKS, the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills that must be taught. And what must be taught must be scored. So, and tested. And tested, mm-hmm. yes. So in our in our classrooms, they are teaching character traits that it, they're embedded in our math in our English, in our history, in our science, they embed these soft skills, which we, Commissioner Mike Morath, on video in the Next Generation of Assessments and Accountability testimony stated that they were embedding these soft skills into oh, right. academics, yes. He was talking, he was saying like grit and perseverance. Self-regulation and, mm-hmm. is one of his favorites. And that was six years ago he said that. That was in 2016, correct. But now, fast forward to today, they were piloting those in Austin ISD and El Paso ISD, but now it is implemented. It's in every school district in the state of Texas. It's mandated by the legislature. And I was initially just so angry at our State Board of Education thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe that they have a TEKS chapter 120 to teach character traits. So I met with my local or my state board representative and she said, no, we the state board did not want character traits in our TEKS. We had no choice. It's mandated by law through the legislature. And that was very eye-opening to me because my only ability to have a voice is through my State Board of Education. And I, at that point, recognized I've been silenced. I'm already- So you're running. being circumvented. You really don't have a say. We don't have a yeah, say Yeah, we the people that. don't. We, we the people have no voice. They, we're living under tyranny. We just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And so we really need to be showing up at the legislature to demand that they return the power to the State Board of Education in, our rep- in a representative government. Well, I'll tell you, I remember in 2017 when we were running, I remember mm-hmm. being on a, at a candidate forum, and I remember talking about how they were trying to impose the character te- teaks, 
character traits and, and through the teaks. And, and the, like you mentioned, the problem with that is when it gets tested, it gets taught and, and it narrows the curriculum to whatever is tested is what is taught. But also how do you measure and score and test character traits. But it will hold that thought for a second. And because people kind of look at you like, can they do that? Yes, they can do that. It's measuring your values, your attitudes, your behaviors, your beliefs. But the it's conservative legislators who have brought forth these bills time and time again. And they're thinking the ones, you know, they're ignorant and they're thinking, oh, well, kids don't have they're not displaying good character because it's not being taught at home. So they're thinking if they impose it and mandate it through the teeth, then it's going to somehow change our values. Mm. And the students will then do things like develop, you know, grit or perseverance or tenacity, whatever it is. And that, that is not the role of the government. So while there is a, a real problem, <clears throat> excuse me, a real problem with the behaviors of children, I would argue some of that is coming because, yes, there are issues at home, but also at school, there's no enforcement of the rules and the disciplinary issues with restorative justice have created. The kids know that there's no teeth in any of the um, the discipline, you know, the, the strategies they had in the past. So that's just kind of a, a sidebar. But mandating the, the skills, which are subjective. Correct. I... I don't know if there's this behavioral problem that's been presented to us. I think that is, I mean, children are children. There's been, you know, difficult home lives forever. Forever. And teachers have always instilled character traits, whether it's, you know, sit still in class, raise your hand, be kind to your, your neighbor. It's an organic. It's, it's organic. It's, it's not, this is very different and it's very purposeful. And you're right to say it's, it's the conservatives that are pushing this, or we say conservatives. I mean, really, it's the Democrat and Republicans are one and the same. It's that they're a party, and then there's we the people. It's the unity. And we the people have been you know, silenced, and especially in this situation. And Commissioner Mike Morath, who is very smart, because he now is mandating online star testing and in that on the, in that online star testing it's cross curricular it you know like kindergartners through third graders are going to be on a keyboard to take a test that includes writing on the keyboard being the ability to be able to mm. type and when i say cross curricular that means you know a math could have an essay as a math question could have an essay as an answer so it's it and creates it, confusion it blurs mm-hmm. the lines between these subjects and and in each of these subjects are the character traits from chapter embedded teeks chapter 120 that are embedded and they are scoring those children's traits and this is now online so it's computer adaptive every question changes based on the child's previous answer and as we know through the map testing that the measure of academic you know, progress. progress, that test that they will, is really statewide now as well. It won the award for testing social emotional skills, self-regulation. It won the award for that. So when parents are hearing, oh, gee, my child's taking a, you know, a math test or an English test, this is their score. They're really scoring their, that child's character traits. And what's happening is our youngest children are being given social credit scores, parents are just unaware of it. So it's not the Chinese. I think that's what people need to understand. This isn't Chinese social credit scoring. This is the locals at our state 
legislators mm -hmm. and our school districts implementing and imposing this kind of credit scoring mm -hmm. and, and, and looking at how those standards and those traits will be measured is, and it, it will be stored on these blockchain wallets, which is the crazy thing. So it, the, the technology that they are using, say in Dallas ISD, all of their academic data, their, um, their non-cognitive, their emotional, their psychological, all of that will be stored on these blockchain wallets through this green light credentials mm -hmm. technology. And even PE data, oh, mental yes. health apps, all of that in one central location. So it gives an enormous amount of power to a for-profit company, which is, you know, I've done several podcasts on that. Uh, okay, so so what what are you seeing with the bills coming up in this next session? Have you been paying much attention to that? Um, and, and uh, like with the virtual learning? Oh, with the virtual learning commission. Yes, of course. I, we have been paying attention mm -hmm. to that. And you know, what concerns me is the fact that we are so bill heavy, you know, what, what needs to happen from our legislators is they need to go back and amend so many of these bad bills that they have. And, I say we're overbilled because the money does yeah. come along with, is attached to these bills. Whether they're unfunded mandates or not, we pay for it as the taxpayers. Mm -hmm. And that's rolled down to the districts where they have to implement them. Correct. Yeah. And, and of the bills in the legislature, uh, usually with each session, there are about 7,000 bills and more than half are education bills. So if that doesn't tell you that our kids are a target, I don't know what Right. What does. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that the most concerning about the fact that we don't have our voice mm -hmm. with our state board of education representatives because the legislature has taken that away. I want to empower parents to remember they still do have pr their own parental rights, just God given. They need to be able right. to walk into their school and say, sorry, my child, my little kindergartner's not taking an online star. My third grader will not be taking the online star. My children will not be taking the MAP test, a computer adaptive test that is gathering data on their social emotional. No, period. Okay. We have well, the power. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want you to teach parents how you actually do that, what that looks like. We'll be right back. It seems like there's never enough time in your business to get everything done that you need to. Searching for the right employees to represent your brand and satisfy your customers was already hard enough. And now there are even fewer options out there. How do you find the right people and keep them? My name is Terrell Tipton with Insperity, and we offer HR services that make your company make sense. Too often, local business owners take on HR activities, wanting to run their business on a shoestring, but that can mean sacrificing revenue-generating activities that allow you to continue to grow and serve your community at the level you want. Call 972-409-4316 today. I'll walk you through Insperity's outsourced HR services and health insurance options and help you come up with a plan that gets the most out of your business and your budget. Insperity provides stability to businesses in uncertain times and has been helping companies just like yours since 1986. Call 972-409-4316 and talk to me, Terrell Tipton. It's time for your business to run better, grow faster, and make more money. 972-409-4316. Call today. One last time, 972-409-4316. Move freely, America, without medical restrictions or penalty. Without medical freedom legislation in place, our rights and freedoms are one vote away from being dissolved. 
Move freely, America, with one voice, without fear of retribution, achieving a common goal, medical freedom. We the people make our voices heard by connecting with state legislators and engaging a constitutionally compliant medical bill of rights for all citizens. Individually, change is improbable, but as an aggregate, attainable. It's time to act with one voice. My voice. And my voice. And my voice. And my voice. To protect our freedom, creating one voice that cannot be ignored. This requires your voice, too. Move Freely America. Go to movefreelyamerica.org to find a chapter near you. Plug in, donate, and help our legislators defend our God-given rights under the Constitution. Move Freely America. My voice. And my voice. And together with your voice, we're one voice that cannot be ignored. Donate today. Movefreelyamerica.org. All right, we're back with Meg Backage. So, Meg, I want to be explicit about what parents can do to stand up and defend their children, to protect their children. Mm -hmm. And I know that courage is contagious. And we live in this society where we're always talking about building consensus and people want to conform or belong And you can often be ostracized when you do stand up for your children. Or when we stand in the gap, the darts fly, we become a target, they target us or our children. I know you and I experienced that in the school board, uh, the races that we ran. But what I think people need to understand is that what is coming if we don't stand up now the things that they'll do to us now are, you can't even imagine how much worse right. it will be if we don't stand up. So what does it look like to say no to a school district, to these invasive surveys and technologies and um, scoring um, mechanisms and social emotional learning? Well, I think the most important thing a parent can do is to opt their child out of all online tests, quizzes, and surveys. So that would include no map testing. That would include no online star. And when you go to your district, they're going to say, but you have to take this test. It's mandated by the state. You don't have an option. Well, you do because you're the parent and it's your right. And you just simply say no. And I can remember opting uh, one of my children out of the eighth grade star. And they tell you, oh, you have to take that star. You can't go to ninth grade. And so they sent me all these scary letters. And I just ignored them. And I got the same letter. Yeah. And then they called and said, you know, are you aware or we have to have a, a meeting? Are you aware that if your child, you're saying no to your child taking the star, are you okay with them going on to ninth grade? And I said, yes, I am. And they said, okay, thank you. And that was it. Mm-hmm. So, or they have a grade placement mm-hmm. committee and the parent is on it. Correct. And so the parent decides it has to be. Exactly. The parent ultimately decides That's right. you are in charge. And the minute the government school is telling you what you have to do with your child, that should be a very, you know, alarming. That That is a red flag. Just like the knowledge that the government school is teaching your child character traits and scoring your child's character traits is a red flag. And the only way that mm-hmm. they're able to do that is through educational technology. So, And so the problem with some of these changes mm-hmm. with the computer adaptive assessments is nothing stands between that child and the technology. So the parent doesn't see, the teacher doesn't see, and this technology can nudge the child into the desired outcome that it wants. We call it outcomes based education. And so it can nudge your child into a certain uh, response that conflicts with their own moral compass. And it can put you into a double bind. It can force you to say, like what Alice, our friend Alice Linehan was saying, 
-hmm. is that it was asking her daughter in an English class about, well, if, if there's a loving God, why would he cause floods and disasters? And it's forcing the child into a, a position where they're mm -hmm. questioning their faith, they're questioning God. And this is a, an English class, but it was a, um, a philosophy and a, a, a college level philosophy course. So of course you would ponder all of these things in a philosophy class, but not in a high school English class. So a lot of these things are coming in through the technologies. And um, so also I, I would say, you know, you've done a good job. We've raised five kids through the public school system. You did a good job of showing up, standing up and communicating with your school district. This is how it's going to be. You would email, you would put it in writing, you would meet them in person, take your husband with you, show up as a united front. There are different ways that you can stand in the gap. You can show up to your school board meeting. You can speak to the trustees. Now they're not really listening to you. But we show up anyway because we can share, we can clip out that three minutes and we can share it and grow the awareness with our, our you know, fellow parents. I do that quite often. I've shared plenty of your videos. <laughs> and there, I still, you know, even six years ago, the yeah. things that you and I were saying six years ago, we had no idea what was coming. But in the end, I mean, we've been right about this. We don't want to be right about it. I would love to, for someone to prove us wrong that this isn't happening, but it is happening. Correct. Um, so... You know, that's a, um, these are just, you know, small ways that we can show up and, and be a kind of a wrench in the gears. Also, um, if you pay attention to the agendas that come through your school board meetings, that's where a lot of the, that we, you know, we have some revelations on what they're, you know, they're passing through, uh, certain technologies, the vendors, they have agreements that are set up with these companies. So if you get more familiar with how the board meetings go, you can find out about things that are coming and do your own research on that. Um, well, I think it's also important for parents to know that your school district does not have to use third-party vendors. Yeah. They do not have to outsource your curriculum. And when they are um, using new apps, whether it's, you know, Amplify, whether it's Quaver Ed, whether it's Springboard, College Board for ELA, open court, whatever it is, mm -hmm. your district does not need these third-party vendors. They, they're using your tax dollars to buy these educational technology, you know, teaching. Experimental. Experimental. Right. You know, in my district, we have an online PE health program. I mean, just the, the name of it is it's, a conundrum. I mean, online PE, how, do, how does that even work? Right. But it, again, it's, you know, the child every day, shows up to school and they enter onto their computer. How do you feel today? What's your emoji look like? Are you sad? Are you happy? These are things that is, it's not the business of the government. That's not what they go to school for. And when children right. go to school and all of a sudden they're focused on how they feel, well, then they start feeling things. So when we send our children to school, we send them to school to learn to read, to write, to do math. And every child has a right to learn from a teacher, human to human. Mm -hmm. It's it's inhumane to put a child on a device with a headphone on a screen typing. It's, it's wrong for our children. And so as parents, we don't need to ask the school district for their permission to do what's right by our child. We just simply say, my child will not be using educational technology. I do not want the Chromebook. I do not right. want the iPad. I want a teacher. And that's how my child is going to be taught. And if they have an issue with it, you just push further. Well, when we come back, I want to talk about the Virtual Learning Commission where we're going mm. tomorrow, and then I want to talk about a few more solutions, so we'll be right back.
The OBBM Network is the premier voice for local business, and we take that responsibility seriously. The OBBM Network has everything you need to grow and transition your business for success on popular syndicated podcast networks, Roku, and other video channels, and the OBBM Network app. We work for you, local business, and we've got your back. has it been since you've updated your brand or restocked your promotional items? The more often people see your company logos and taglines, the more often your company comes to mind. That top of mind thinking is exactly what grows businesses and generates revenues. So at Big Feet Creations, I've dedicated my time and talent for over 30 years designing and illustrating print and digital products that people love and remember. Now we're adding website design and audio video editing too. Call Big Feet Creations at 469-450-7350. I'm a big guy and I've taken big steps to help you grow big. Big Feet Creations, 469-450-7350. Call today, that's 469-450-7350. All right, we're back with Social Impact and Meg Backage. So you and I are going to this virtual learning commission and through a bill, it came through the legislature the last session, they set up this Texas Commission on Virtual Learning and Governor Greg Abbott appointed Rex Gore, a non-educator to this commission. And so we're going, they've had multiple meetings throughout the year and they are trying to expand virtual learning in Texas. And they use the rural communities as the, the reason because you could have a master Mandarin teacher that you wouldn't have to hire and lure out there if they don't want to teach out there. But they could essentially be a teacher, a virtual teacher over students and give them more access to those resources. Well, you know, we wouldn't have an issue with the, with certain technologies, um, to bring resources like that to a district, except that's not really what the agenda here there is. It's to expand the infrastructure, broadband technology, through Gates Foundation and Chan Zuckerberg, who are funding this, and that's to get more virtual learning expanded throughout Texas, get the kids on devices out of the, the public schools. They will be using, eventually, voucher dollars to, um, to get more kids in this hybrid and virtual learning in the metaverse. And so we're going to go there on Wednesday and, uh, and talk about this because you and I have seen for years, we've seen how the technology has, it's bearing no fruit. And yet our districts, that's the bulk of the debt that we see in Highland Park. I know you were the earliest to expand all this technology. So we're paying for buildings and technology through our bond debt. And so any legislator who talks about property tax relief, I just call BS on it because they never talk about where the money's going. And so at both the state and local level, that is where education is 57% of our budget. And we're funding experimental technologies when you see these kids aren't learning. They don't, they're not on grade level for math or reading or uh, all subjects are down, not just because of the pandemic. So I just wanted to kind of touch on that since you have been right. a, a vocal opponent to this experiment. Yes. So in my district, we we were one of the first to pilot the one-to-one -one devices, and that was back in 2013. And so that's when I became aware. And 
as as you said, Lynn, supposedly in the state of Texas, you know, we have a teacher shortage. And part of the reason we have a teacher shortage is we're not paying our teachers what they should be paid because we don't value our teachers. We are not respecting our teachers. We're not respecting the teaching profession because we are now putting all of our time, energy, and money into technology. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I say this often, if we can remove educational technology and put it where it belongs, you know, a class twice a week where the children go and learn to type or they learn to code or whatever they, they learn, about learn about the computer, right. correct. on it, that's, that's fine. But if we took, you know, like in your school district was $10 million they want just as a refresher for the technology. Imagine taking that $10 million and paying our teachers what they deserve. They should be making six figures. That's right. And then, you know, investing in strong academic curriculums that are homegrown mm -hmm. and, you know, going back to books. And, you know, I want to make a point. Just recently, the dictionary changed the definition of man and the definition of woman. And that is very, that is a point that we made years ago about the danger of children going to Google to learn information. Because right. truth is, uh, when it's owned by the computer oligarchs, they define what, they, they are recreating what truth is. They are recreating what the word vaccine means. They've recreated now what the word man and woman means. We need to go back to books. I mean, paper, pencil, it's written down, printed. It cannot be changed because that's another problem with educational technology as a parent. We don't know what's happening on it because it can be manipulated in real time. So your child can go and say, well, wonder what man, man is. What is a man? What is a woman? And they go and they Google it. Well, it's whatever you want it to be. It's that whatever day. you feel like, you know, mm -hmm. it is that day. It's not what you're assigned at birth, essentially, is what it says. So there are so many reasons, and it is incumbent upon parents to now just take up the mantra because if we, and, and we're seeing this actually, because in Highland Park, we are fighting right now for a traditional classical educator in McKinney ISD. Their superintendent just left, and the parents are saying, we want a traditional classical educator. Parents have the power. We need to unite together. We right. need to be a unified voice. And we, because all of us know, I mean, inherently, none of us, we all learn from a, a great teacher. That's right. And, and time-tested things, which I know you and I also, we met with the commissioner of education last week mm -hmm. in Senator Bob Hall's office. And he fielded some questions from us after he gave us a presentation on reading software <laughs> called Amplify. But the, if we return to those time-tested strategies like phonics-based instruction right. and handwriting and, and even... And cursive. And breaking down the language, because he did talk about language is something that has to be decoded to understand it. And you do that through diagramming, through phonics-based instruction through direct instruction with mm -hmm. a teacher. And so we're really advocating for, as she said, a classical model, returning to what we know works and where most of us were educated. And it's we're denying children the very right. thing that, that we know works and in favor of these experimental technologies. And, and this is not mm -hmm. difficult to do, to return no. to what was tried and proven successful. My oldest graduated in 2015 from Highland Park and he received a traditional classical education. Yep. So when you talk to people and they're like, well, I mean, how do you do that? Well, what are you talking about? 2015 wasn't that long ago. We returned 
return to how we always taught children. And, you know, that was one of the, the funny parts about our conversation with Commissioner Mike Morath, who talks about reading as the science of reading. And I and that just out. puzzles I me. It. I mean, reading is not a science, but when he says science, we have to know. I mean, we're, we're in George Orwell, 1984, like know what their words mean. When he says science, that means we are going to put your child on a device and we are going to just be gathering data, data, mm-hmm. data, because it's a science. And then we're going to read the data to decide, does your child read or not? Right. So we don't need the science of or reading. Peop- and they, you know, they then would eliminate the teacher who would normally do that. Correct. I mean, and, and if you walk in wow. your classroom and your teacher's standing in the back, you know, and you're in, instead of at the front of the, the classroom, mm-hmm. you have a problem and you need to address it as a parent. That's right. Well, any closing thoughts before we go? No, I'm just so thankful to be here with you. And I'm always thankful for your voice and your courage and all that you do in doing this. Well, thank you for coming on. You've been listening to the Social Impact Podcast on the OBBM Network, available on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeart, or anywhere you enjoy listening to podcasts. For more information about how you can get involved to educate our local DFW communities or to be a guest or sponsor of Social Impact Podcast, call 214-673-4018. For OBBM Network programming information or permissions for reproduced segments of the show, call 214-714-0495. Social Impact Podcast is created by Offbeat Business Media, LLC, for the OBBM Network. Unauthorized use of this content, the Social Impact Podcast, or OBBM Network brands are expressly prohibited.